Hey everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a podcast about reclaiming the place of priority relationship is providentially intended to hold in your life. You know, we live in a world where community is far too often pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things, but the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As believers, we have the choice to prioritize connection in our life every day and to live face-to-face with God and people. In this show, I'll be number one, sharing research which supports the importance of relationship, number two, giving you tools to help you improve your interpersonal connections, and number three, sharing writings that I have done in the past on the importance of community. It is my sincere hope that the content presented in this podcast equips you to better serve and love others. To access my past and future articles, subscribe to my YouTube channel, or purchase a copy of my books, visit homeschoolerponderings.blogspot.com. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Restoring Report podcast. Thank you guys so much for choosing this to listen to um, while you're working out, driving or whatever. I know there's a lot of things that you could choose to play on your phone, music, um, podcasts that are bigger than this one, um, just all sorts of things. So thank you for choosing this one. Today, I've got a really uh, fun episode, I think, for you guys. It's another interview, and today I'm going to be interviewing two of my best friends and mentors, um, John and Tara Gibson. And we're going to be talking about the importance of financial wisdom um, for maintaining healthy families. Um, I think of finances is one of the things that are uh, kind of necessary um, because you can't really have a family unless you know how to manage finances. So I thought it would be necessary for us to talk about this um, for pe- for couples and for people who already have family. Mr. John and Ms. Sarah, I would consider financial experts. I don't know if they would say that about themselves, but um, when I think of them, I think of people who know um, how to practice stewardship and handle money well and and plan ahead and um, be prepared. So because of that, I chose to interview them on this topic. And I'll just have you guys go ahead and um, just introduce yourselves and tell us a couple things about you and... um, why some of your why you could why why I would consider you a financial expert? <laughs> you're very Seth. You're very very kind <laughs> to to say that. And it seemed like the more the more you um, know about something, the more you have to learn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like client, you could learn to play a piano in a year, but it take a lifetime to master it. Yeah. That's kind of the way I think we are is with money. Yeah. So you, you've you've arrived here after many 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 years of practice. Yeah, yeah. I've heard you. Um, you a person can master anything in the world if they put ten thousand hours into it. And uh, <laughs> do you think you guys are clone close or not really? <laughs> yeah. Into yes, you do. I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of hours. It is. I don't think you need a degree though. I don't think you need a um, to have a, a business background in something. I think you can be financially smart. Um, just by putting a lot of time into how you plan things, what you read. I know you, you guys read a lot of books on, on, or you have read a lot of books on, on financial wisdom. So I thought that was another reason to, um, come to you guys for this. What about you, Miss Tara? Yep. I agree. We're just a couple who's been married a long time and well, I don't know, 28 years and We've done it both ways, with money and without, and it's yeah. better with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and dive right into our questions for you guys today. 
Um, you can use what you prepared. You can say something entirely new that pops into your head. Um, just whatever you feel like doing. And our first one is, why do you think financial wisdom is an important concept for newlyweds, couples, and families to practice? Mr. John, let, let me let yeah. me back up here just a minute and, mm-hmm. and tell you a little bit about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, Tara and I, come from very different backgrounds. She she grew up as a really a only child with mm-hmm. a single mom. Yeah, and her single mom was very very um, prudent very frugal and even though she didn't have much money she was very very smart in the way she used it Mm -hmm. and she really supported Tara in in areas that uh, would help her in to be well-rounded and and Tara was in lots of different activities extracurricular activities and I grew up in a home uh, one of eight children number six of eight and my my dad he was all over the place with money. So he would mm. gamble and different things. So lots of instability. Yeah. So when we got married, Tara was really the one who brought stability financially. Wow. And and she was, even though when, when we first got married, we had very little income. She brought loads and loads of stability. Wow. Because that she's a good saver and she brought lots of uh, wisdom and just ways to find good deals on things and, and so a lot of what I learned initially came from Tara. Yeah. And so I, it seems to me like uh, money affects everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really does. Uh, it, it, it affects um, I mean, where you live, how you live, mm-hmm. uh, what you eat. Uh, just everything, everything is affected by money. Yeah. And you see there's a movement of people uh, going off the grid and still, they they have to have some form of money, um, and some type of you know commerce. Yeah. So I think it really does. It affects it affects everything. Yeah. And 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 a lot of times when people get married, they come with different backgrounds, and and it can affect you in a very negative way. Mm. In that, if one generally in a, even if they're both savers, one's a bigger saver than the other. One's a spender. One's a little spends a little yeah. more. And that can cause a lot of a lot of friction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so. that makes total sense. Especially what you said there about um, just every. If I, when I think of all the things that humans need to to live, like uh, food and 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 shelter, clothing, water. I mean, to get those today, you got to have money. That's that's just how you do it. Yeah. So it's kind of the uh, I'm I've learned been learning about in school the. Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if I remember correctly, is what it's called. And the first layer is you can't really um, move on to love and affection if you don't have your basic human needs met. So if you're starving, you can't really worry about. Um, basically, it's it's going to be less. You can't even think about the emotional needs that you have as a person until you have your basic. Mm-hmm. So I thought this would be a perfect way to. Um, talk about something that every family and every couple is going to have to uh, go through in order to move on to those more, um, those higher needs like emotional um, care and affection. So I, I've seen that with our relationship when when we've kind of gone over a threshold of, of living paycheck to paycheck yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Our, our relationship, I think, has changed significantly where that there may be 
uh, some snags that we didn't deal with earlier that now we're able to deal with, you know, in a healthy way. And before yeah. we were focused on something different. So I, what you're saying is very true. I, I have seen that in okay. our own relationship. Yeah. So that, that kind of just sums up why this is an important uh, topic for um, couples, families, newlyweds. Any, any, any type of relationship is going to have to have these basic human needs met through money. Um, Ms. Terry, would you add anything to what he said, or would you like to just go ahead and charge on to the first question? Um, no, I just, money answers so many things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mr. John, what do do you think, why do you think, um, financial wisdom is an important concept for, um, these families to practice? Is it just that, or is there anything you would add to that? Is it just that it's a basic, uh, basic human need? Or is it? Is there? Is, is there something more to it? It say? does seem like it does seem like money reveals your level of discipline, mm-hmm. um, and people. It does take a lot of discipline to be a good money manager. Yeah, and and discipline. Someone who's undisciplined, they want what they want when they want it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right. So I know what I want, and I'm going to go get it when I want it. Yeah, and there'll be an initial high from me doing that, mm-hmm. and a rush like, oh, I really want that. Um, but people that are disciplined, they understand the importance of delayed gratification. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat I'll eat one brownie today instead of Same two. You, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And there'll be and there'll be a reward in eating salad today. And there'll be, but it won't come today. Yeah. it may become tomorrow or next week or in a year from now. You know, mm-hmm. if you practice discipline. Yeah, absolutely. I remember one of the only Sunday school lessons that I remember growing up was my, actually my dad teaching me um, at church, and he would say. He gave us a lesson with candy on delayed gratification. He said, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but there's a brand of candy called Now and Laters. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, you've heard of it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he would give us one. He would give us two. And basically our homework or our assignment for the week was to, we were going to have one all as a class. And then our other one, we, it was our goal to bring that back later. And that was his um, concept of spending, yes, but also setting aside and yeah. yeah, with thought for tomorrow. So, and that's one of the only things I remember from Sunday school growing up. So even that concept, I think is great for little, little minds to get mm-hmm. early and Huge. yeah. Yeah. Prob- um, probably the, yeah, the big, the biggest thing, um, the biggest thing you can learn about money is to save it. Mm-hmm. That's a, That's the number one foundational thing is to is earn some money and to save some of it yeah. as opposed to spending a lot of it. Yeah. I, I, I still work with loads of people that make really good money and I hear them every time it's a payday. Hey, it's payday today. Hey, it's payday today. And they'll, and they'll mention, I just heard a teacher just recently and, and she said, I, I can't wait till Friday it's payday and I can go. And she meant I can go Spend. purchase this. Yeah. And it was something very small, you know, like say something 50 or $60. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, I was like, whoa, that, that you should be able to do that before payday. Is that kind of, yeah. Cause yeah. you, cause you would have set, if you would have set stuff yeah. aside specifically for, you know, you know, small spending things. Yeah. yeah. That makes total sense to me. Um, I know you guys talk a lot about, I'll ask Ms. Terry this question first. I know you guys talk a lot about, um, uh, not spending money that you don't have, which I think, I mean, I think that's pretty, it sounds basic, but I think it's really important, especially, um, today where there are options not to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, what would, what would your approach be to, um, loans, any type of loans, student loans, car loans, um, payment plans, house mortgages? 
all of those, what, what would you, what would be your, or would you have different approaches for each? What would be the kind of. Firm. They're all except for a house loan is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, I thought that's a big you... red circle with a slash. Okay. So no. And I think it's interesting that in history, there have been times in way back in the day, if you were in debt, you probably weren't going to get married. Mm-hmm. Nobody would let their child marry you. You yeah. were not, you were completely unfit mm-hmm. to be married. And you were just kind of ostracized. You could go to debtor's prison. Mm-hmm. You could go, I mean, yeah. it was really, Big deal. really taboo to be in debt. And now, like our daughter's getting ready to start college and they sent her an email. You have gotten a financial aid award. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So she opens up the email. I said, let's just look and see what that is. What's the award? It's a loan. Yeah. Which is a big, fat lie and a trick. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So I just find it interesting that we've come from you will never get married and you could go to prison. Mm. To look, it's an award. Yeah, wow, it's like celebrated almost. Yeah. I expect it. Yeah. I know a lot of times uh, where I go to school, that same thing happens. It's expected for students to take out a loan, yeah. and even when we listen to the professors who are saying, "Hey guys, I'm still paying off my student loans," and they're like, "I don't know," I would say sixties, and I'm like, yeah. "That's a big red flag." But it's almost like they expect you to do that. Here's the steps to go through. Um, would you say there's any def- difference between the I think they call it the subsidized and the unsubsidized, or are they just all? It's all bad. Yeah. In my opinion, it's just not. You need to do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I at my school, I everybody that's applying there, I really strongly. Um, well, my story is I was able to get um, financial aid and scholarship money to pay for it. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of students have a hard time doing that, but man, I would say that's the way to go. Um, because then you don't have to make the choice between the paying interest or not paying interest. You don't have to take a loan at all. Yeah. You just, you can just pay with your own money. And so that, that's been my story, but I, I, th- I thought you would support that, but I just wanted to see what you would say about those yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about, you said, I noticed you said that, um, your house, your payment plan for your house, that would be an exception. What, yeah. wh- why would you say that one would be an exception? Well, because it appreciates and it's. I believe that you should only do the big Dave Ramsey thing. Don't buy a house unless you have 20% down and you buy it only on a 15-year note. Okay. No longer. Yeah. And that's the only acceptable debt. Yeah. Right. In my opinion. Is that because the, it's, it, 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 that, would be, that would be like a high cost? Like it would be possibly even more expensive than a four-year degree or just because? Why would you say that one's an exception? Um, you want to try yeah. I, I would I would just say yeah I would just say that um, the the student loan there's a there's another way yeah, yeah. right and there may not be another way to get a home initially Absolutely. so so when you graduate from college um, there may not be a, another uh, way um, you know a better way right to get to get the the down payment for home but there is a way to pay for college right and I just like to say everybody to everybody if you're considering debt as as a means to buy something um, that is going to depreciate um, then there's a better way there's another way wow. there's always another way 
And you may feel backed in a corner. You may feel limited. There's no other way. And you've seen 10,000 people do it that same way. There's always a better way. There's always another way. But it may not appear until you make the decision that I'm just not going into debt no matter what. That's right. I don't care what. I'm just not. Maybe I'll delay school. Maybe I'll get a second job. Maybe I'll deliver pizzas. Whatever it is. But maybe I'll go to appear. a maybe I'll go to a school that everybody doesn't. They're, you yeah. know, they don't ooh and ah because I have a degree from there. Yeah, and right. I go to a school where right. I can get a good quality degree at a place that I can afford. Yeah, yeah, that makes because sense. nobody looks at where your degree came from when you go to apply for a job, unless it's Harvard. But you're nobody asks me. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sure and there are schools. And there degree. are schools. No yeah. tuition schools. Work work for tuition schools. That you can show up yeah. with no money and you can work to pay for your tuition. Yep. That's what my parents did. They went to Berea College and paid uh, wor- paid their tuition by working. And they actually got a little bit of money on top of that. So yeah, they avoided awesome. the whole. Yeah, I think that's So you're just saying find alternative ways because they're mm-hmm. they're there. That's yeah. exactly right. And 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 the most important the most important thing, I believe, in that is in, in looking to college is that they're they're. There seems to be a lot of, you know, the number one, or at least the top two um, loans, when you look at the national debt, the United States federal deficit, it's student loans. Yeah. It's like maybe number one. Oh, yeah. The largest one. And so there there comes, I don't know why, but there are colleges, there's a benefit when they are able to get you a loan. I don't know what it is. Our oldest son who graduated uh, back in May, when he first got signed up to school, and we were going to pay for the schooling. They said unless he had buy thirty four hundred dollars worth of equipment to get started in school. Wow. Thirty four hundred dollars in computers and technology That's and software. Thirty four hundred dollars. And because we did not accept the student loan, we had to pay that. Wow. But it would have been free but it would, if he would have yeah. taken the loan. Right. Isn't that crazy? See, they're almost that. That's what I just interviewed. I don't know if you guys caught it this one, but I just interviewed my cousin who he's a Catholic libertarian, and his position on college is really it's a thing of the past, and you can get um, certified using all sorts of other things today that you couldn't yesterday. And um, basically, he's saying that's them trying to you know compete with each other, keep raising their rates, get more money penalize you for not taking student loans and stuff like that he, he would just say avoid the whole um the whole college shebang basically yeah. so but yeah i'm real that's that's crazy i didn't know that they were actually like i knew they weren't encouraging students to pay their pay their uh, tuition instead of loans but i didn't know that they were penalizing them if yeah. they chose not to that's yeah. Hi, guys. I just wanted to take a quick break and tell you about a few opportunities that you have as listeners to support this show. Number one, you can rate and review this podcast. Every rating and review I get helps promote my podcast on distribution sites. If you haven't already done so, it takes 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating and a written review. Number two, you can become a financial supporter of this podcast with a monthly contribution. Just scroll to the bottom of the show notes found in the description of each week's episode and click on the link labeled support this podcast. Many, many thanks to all my past and future supporters, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode. I don't want to I don't want to go too far off topic here, but I do want to say that one of the most powerful things you can ever do to help you win financially, the most in my opinion, the most powerful thing mm-hmm. is you can you kill the desire that you have to have something. Mm. That unless I have this or unless I buy this, 
my life is not going to be complete or whole or somehow meaningful. Mm-hmm. Wow. If you can kill that demon, then then you can be successful money. Yeah. Because you guys all know, and you, you've done it, I'm sure, is you really wanted something really bad. Tara and I, when, I, when that we met, we had these really cool leather jackets that we spent a fortune on yeah. back in the early you know, <laughs> early 90s. And, and, and in my mind, in my mind, in, if I, if, if, until I had that, you know, I was putting aside money for several paychecks to buy that, maybe even put it on layaway. And then I got it, and yeah, it was cool for a little while, but then, then it wasn't, the yeah. rush was gone, yeah. and I was so deflated. <laughs> yeah, that you, you just what you just said there reminds me of something. Um, have you guys ever heard of like uh, minimalists? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just recently found out what this is. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you probably know uh, what they are better. I think that a lot of them are rich people who actually have kind of gone through that lesson of they've bought so much stuff and it's just in their head depreciated the value of it. They don't. Mm-hmm. It's it's nothing for them anymore. So they live with very little. They still have tons of money but they choose to live a very minimal lifestyle to avoid that. What do you guys think about that? Do you, I'm not saying it's necessary, but do you think that could be a good thing for somebody who's really uncontrollably impulse buying? Yeah. If that is your master, that'd be a good thing to, you know, just force yourself, discipline, force yourself to, Oh no, I'm going to be a minimalist. Yeah. I'm not going to be a minimalist. Right. (laughs) I don't plan on it either. I don't <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't want to project my my feelings about that on somebody else. But I I do think it's important to to buy what you can afford, right? And you know, for one person, they they maybe could afford you know a fifth house in Vermont, you know, mm-hmm. and and for another person, maybe they could afford a, a nice four hundred dollar bicycle, you know. Yeah. So I think that's what's the more important than how much you decide to buy is. Question is, can you afford it? Right. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's so good. I remember. Um, yeah, I, I, I've heard you throughout the years talk a lot about this this exact kind of thing. So I, I tried to cater these questions to those because I think you guys have a lot to share um, on this. So yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming again. Um, the next question is: Are there any exceptions that you would consider necessary? I know Miss Tara just mentioned a second ago that um, your house plan. Are, are there any other um, loan or borrowing money exceptions that you could think of, or is it just the um, 20% down, 15-year uh, plan on a house? None that I can. The 20% just keeps you from paying mortgage insurance. That's all that it does. Oh, okay. See, I didn't mortgage, realize. Yeah. Okay. When so you, that... when you when you pay 20% down, if you're you know if the loan to value is 80%, you don't have to pay the mortgage insurance. Mm. That's the benefit wow. of that. Okay. I don't know of anything else. Even even like I I've talked to two gentlemen the last seven days. I knew we were going to have this talk, and both of them were. And I, I consider them middle-income people. Mm-hmm. And both of them were really excited about the new vehicle they had bought. And it was just shy of, both of them, just shy of $50,000 wow. that they'd spent on the vehicle. And I, and I know that was a stretch for both of them. Oh, yeah. And so what's going to happen, let's just talk through that really quick because that's a real common thing. A lot of people, they have a home loan and, and one or two car loans. Yeah. That's very common. Yeah. And so what happens with the car, so they bought that, let's say, $50,000 car then in five years that car is going to have a different value right yeah so they've paid with Tara and I guess about seven to seven hundred fifty dollars a month for that car and they've paid that amount for five years and then that car has also gone down in value which they also had to pay for it wow so that car in five years may be worth say thirty four thousand dollars so they lost sixteen thousand dollars from the original pay price plus 
they've lost then, how much they've spent on the payments of it. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? I totally see because the car value goes down. And that's why that yeah, and that's yeah. why that's why loans are you know in most any fashion they're really really a noose, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So let let me let me jump in and say this real quick. So we all know the verse there, Proverbs twenty two six. Everybody can quote that. Train up a child in the way he should oh, go. Yes. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. But very few people can quote verse seven. It's the very next verse, and and it says, I'll just read it here. The rich rule over the poor, mm-hmm. and the borrower is servant to the lender. Yeah. So that's part of the way you should train up a child in. Wow. Yeah. I number hear, one thing right after. Yeah, the it changes relationships. Yeah. If I if I borrow a hundred dollars from you, it changes our relationship. Oh yeah. Oh well, it, it becomes every time a business. I, yeah. Every time I see you, I'm going to think about. I don't have that money to pay back, yeah. or I've got to pay the money back. Yeah. It changes relationships. Absolutely. And so the way we do it, if, if someone we see in need, we will not loan money. Right. We will give it away. Wow. But we, we would just give it. That's but if so we, good. If we couldn't give it, we would not. We would not it. do it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then another and then another part in the same chapter where it talks about, um, in verse 26, Proverbs 22, verse 26, uh, but don't be one who strikes hands in a business deal or of one that co-signs for someone's mm. debt. So I think it's important that you just avoid that issue. Romans says, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. Mm, yeah. And so I, I think that's that's yeah. the, that's the mission there. You yeah. Know? I would say, yeah, it, I don't know, obviously, what the, in, the intention behind that verse is, but I would speculate that it's to avoid that. Yeah. Where you where you borrow money from somebody and suddenly everything's changed. You're no longer um you can't have that connection. It's yeah. flipped on its head and all of a sudden you just see the money that you owe them and the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's awful. And I will say too, Seth, one thing that, that has caused hardship and friendships in my past is that I have borrowed something from somebody or I've loaned something to somebody mm-hmm. and, and I just take the approach that if I loan somebody something that if the breaks, whatever, they can have it. And yeah. there's no tension. If I can't loan it, I mean, if I can't give it away, I'm not going to not going to take it back. Yeah. You know? And then That's, if I break something, if I borrow something from somebody, I know in my mind, let's hope this thing doesn't break. Because if, if it does, I'm going to go buy it in a new one. Wow. Because that could cause I think some tension. A, yeah, absolutely. I know even in like um, our family, uh, even within our extended family, like whenever we borrow stuff, um, yeah, that does create, even if, even if we trust them to return it and everything, mm-hmm. be careful with it, that kind of thing. It's still a, well, it's not here when I need it. Or, um, it's, it just, it just kind of messes up planning things mm-hmm. and then you're stressed out about getting it back. And yeah, that, that, there was a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. And I'd say that's a common, um, thing, not just with borrowing, but with, with just money and like, um, valuable things in general. I, I listened to, um, marriage counselors a lot and they say that the three main causes of divorce are money um sexual dysfunction and communication problems and for me the fact that money would be on the top three causes for divorce today i think is um i think is a pretty big deal and it that that screams to me that it is that goes back to what we started with that it is that very necessary part of having a family and yeah yeah so if it's, if it's that, how would, um, 
what's some advice that you would give couples and families to prevent m- money from becoming a point of division like that? I would say before you get married, number one, you better agree on your debt policy. Because mm. in my opinion, that's a deal breaker. Wow. You don't agree? Yeah. I would tell my kids, you need to not marry that person. I mean, that is that big of a deal to me. Yeah. Everybody, of course, wouldn't have that same opinion. but And then they just, you know, of course, we, we would recommend going through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Or at least reading the books. Yeah. Um, I know I've, I've re- or I've actually for a, for a long time, I've followed his Instagram page and every day almost he posts um, pictures of like couples and, and single people and they'll be holding a sign. I don't know if you've seen any of these or not. And it'll say, um, you know, 186,000, I'm debt free, mm-hmm. paid off in this many months. And I don't know. I just love watching those people because it's, cool it's to hear them do the scream. Yeah. I saw it in person at his studios and it was, wow. it made me cry. It's yeah. just cool. Yeah. He's our, he's definitely our hero, but back to the communication about that and, and, and communication, sex and money. That I think that a lot of research does show that I, I've heard this high. Larry Burkett said this several years ago that 80% of divorces are a result of financial strain. Yeah. But it, it does seem, Seth, it's really weird weird to me how mm-hmm. that um, intimacy in a marriage yeah. and then also money in a marriage, how those are rarely discussed with other people. Yeah. And it's almost like it's a faux pas. Yeah. Like, like people, I have very close friends and they, they'll get something and they won't say how much it costs. Yeah. Like, what did that cost? Or, it's like, I, avo- you avoid it. I know. Yeah. And then, and then like, I mean, I, I tell my, Addie asked us yesterday, how much money do you make? Yeah. And, and I know I have very close, intimate friends. I have no idea how much money they make. Yeah. And it's like a cultural faux pas. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and I definitely have never heard any of my very close friends say my wife and I are struggling with intimacy yeah. or we were struggling with intimacy and here's some things that we tried and it really made Did, a difference. Wow. Here's, here's a resource we found or something. It's just not talked about. Yeah. Two of, two of maybe the most important things, um, that, that, that I can think of in a relationship and it's very rarely talked about. Wow. Even between couples and, and, and people who are in that season of life, that's, yeah. that's super um, puzzling to me and makes me wonder if that's part of the problem of why it's such a big issue yeah. is if people never talk about money out of, you know, it being considered polite not to talk yeah. about salaries and stuff or whatever. Um, just the fact that it's not talked about um, could maybe be why everybody's making, yeah, yeah, making all these mistakes. And, yeah. Yeah. So what's the real what's the real cost of stuff, and how much do you really make? And those, those types, I think people should share that. Yeah, and I think especially the children and and say that. Yeah, and especially parents uh, really be open and honest communication about intimacy with their children yeah. at appropriate times. Right, but they. A, a, a young lady should not go into her wedding night not having any clue right. about sexuality. Right. That's a disservice, maybe an, an ethical parenting. Yeah. I think there should be discussion. And again, I think culture just puts so much pressure on her. Yeah. Like, you don't talk about that. That's a big faux pas. That's yeah. a, 
a cultural no-no. Yeah. And, and for most people that, that is something you're going to go through in life. You know, yeah. if you get married, you're going to have a honeymoon, a honeymoon week or yeah. two weeks or whatever. Yeah. You're going to have, uh, you no matter who you are, you're going to have the money problem or you're going to have the money, yeah. um, life issues. So yeah, I, that shocks me why people would not be more open about that. So you're saying that one way you can keep it from becoming a point of division for marriages is to just put it out there and I talk about so. it. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I really do. That's good. Can you think of any other ways to keep, um, to keep one of those top three issues from becoming such a big deal for, you know, people who it ends up causing a split. Can you think of any other ways or would you say that that's the biggest one? I'd say no matter how hard it is. And, and we've recently learned I, it's very real to me is you have to communicate. Yeah. You have. Yeah. This really bothers me. I really enjoy that. You've got to say it. And yeah. no matter how hard it is to say or how hard it is to hear, you got to be willing to hear it. You have to be willing to say it. Wow. Communication. And that's an area I'm really trying to grow in now is being, you know, having more open and honest communication yeah. with her, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Miss Tara, what would you, is that, would you say that, um, you agreed with, with me that, that, and Mr. John, that, um, just putting it out there is a good way to keep it from becoming such a problem. Can you think of any other ways to keep money from becoming such a dividing point for most of the people have to agree to live within their means? Wow. Yeah. They have to, or it's going to be a dividing point. It just is. Yeah. If you are spending more than you're making, one of you wants to, one of you doesn't. Or if both of you do it, it, I can guarantee you it's going to be a big problem. A problem. Yeah. It really is. If you do not sit down at the beginning and agree, or if you're however already married, you gotta you gotta stop. You gotta make a bat. You gotta decide if you're in debt. I'm getting out. Mm-hmm. Katie, bar the door. I'm getting out. Right. We're getting out of debt. Right. I don't care what it takes. Yeah. You know, because we've been in debt. We've thought about money. For years and years and years. Guess what? We're not in debt now. Right. We don't fight about money. You made it. <laughs> and it's like, it honestly is. If you could look at our lives and look at our bank accounts, when we completely got out of debt and made a commitment to stay out of debt, it was like a light switch wow. in our bank account. Yeah. Was it not? Yeah, Am I telling the truth? Absolutely. Wow. It's like would you say that also happened in like other areas of life too when you were when you were doing great money wise were you doing great everything else wise or did it you think it was sure makes everything easier yeah we don't fight yeah he wants to go buy a four hundred dollar gun okay I don't care and I really don't yeah whereas before it would be like oh that's a, you know yeah yeah it just makes everything so much more peaceful yeah easier (laughs) not absolutely everything but it sure does make it easier yeah yeah that makes total sense we'll see um what's one thing that you would recommend to couples who are already experiencing financial stress so if they're having a hard time um if they're if they're living within their means but just barely or if they're already in debt and they're trying to get out what's one one like tip that you would give them um, I know just a second ago, Miss Miss Tara mentioned like the resolution of not saying we're getting out. Um, here's how we're going to start living, that kind of thing. What's one what What's one tip that you would give couples and families who are struggling? Find a way to increase your income. Mm. If you have to go deliver pizzas or whatever it is, yeah, and put every bit of that toward getting out of debt. Yeah, 
And I, I would recommend Temporary. yeah them attending a Financial Peace University class, yeah, which is a class that Dave Ramsey's uh, business he sponsors all over the United States. I would highly recommend yeah. that or any literature. Um, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey is a really good one, and then uh-huh. also the Financial Peace University. Those are two really good foundational. Yeah, uh, books that if, if a couple could read through those, I think it'd make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Just with mindset, I think your mindset would need to change mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. and then and then something else, not specifically about uh, getting out of debt, but but have have parameters. For example, a parameter that would be we're not we would never spend a hundred dollars in another each other's absence without their approval. Mm-hmm. So or whatever rule you want to make, you know, yeah, whatever twenty dollars or fifty dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've I've talked to another couple and they said that exact thing. They had like a well, actually, I heard it on a podcast and then I saw, started seeing couples do it. But it would be that cutoff where they said, if I spend anything over this, I have to get well permission or a, I have to run it by them or that kind of thing. Yeah, I'd say mm-hmm. approval. Yeah, yeah, permission. Yeah, that's great. That's that's really good. Um, I was listening to Focus on Family the other day and they were talking about um, the importance of couples needing side to side time, and they defined that as where the the couple is working together towards a goal. So they gave the examples of, you know, business ventures and, and money-making endeavors like that that the, the, the husband-wife team could work towards. And they said that was good for their relationship um, in addition to, you know, bringing in more money, like Miss Tara was talking about. Would you say that's a good idea for couples to do, to find something that um, they can both devote their energy to and kind of work together towards that? Probably. Yeah. If you can do it and be peaceable about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Like some people can work on the house together. Some couples can't. Yeah. Some couples could probably do a business venture together. Mm-hmm. Others, it might be a bad idea. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, they would know, people would know, but something that they can do together. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. To work toward. Mm-hmm. Mr. Tom, what about you? The whole family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely do. And and it could be as a couple raising children. Yeah. And then taking the the same, you know, working together to to do. Raise those little little people. Yeah, or plan a vacation or do an addition on your home. Yeah. I I think those are all really good. But to to Tara's point, it does seem that there are certain um, areas that we know we probably ought to not tackle this together because it's going to cause some friction. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Constantly. generally, generally speaking, though, that and 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 maybe that that she's really good at it, and I just need to do what she says in that, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. I, you know, and so we're not given equal input. One yeah. person's taking lead. You know? Right. Right. So that that seems to work pretty pretty well for us. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um. What's one financial tip you would give newlywed and young couples? So people who aren't making that much money, because typically I think of people who are older as they've jumped through more life hoops. They've uh, built a, a platform and they've, you know, they've just worked, they've had more time working on something. So they're making more. So what's one tip that you would give people just starting out? Save 15% of every dollar you ever make. 15% of every dollar. Is it, what, what, why did you pick that specific number? Is there a reason or just, just that you're saving something? Um, 
Well, that's a Dave Ramsey. That's okay. Okay. That's a number, you know, a minimum of 15% of every dollar that comes in needs to be socked away long-term savings. Yeah. So, because that just sets you up for later years and sets you up for discipline and delayed gratification, everything. Yeah. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. that's, that would be my main. Mm -hmm. Teach your kids. I've heard you guys talk about, um, I'm, I might have forgotten the name, but is it, is it an IRA and is that is that individual t- retirement account? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard, what What's that? Talk. That's just a thing that you're allowed to use and you can save that money in there tax-free. and Tax-free. You okay. know, so you're, you should have good people on your team, I call it. You, mm, need, yeah. you need somebody to tell you, to teach you that, to... Our tax lady is wonderful, and she'll tell me at the end of the year, you guys need to put this much here and this much here and this much here. Okay, wow. and I do it, and I trust her opinion because she's with my business. I've hired her, and that's what she does, and I don't, yeah. you know, I want to understand what I'm doing, Right. but I think you need good people on your team, right. and yeah. they will help you. For us being a business owner, we were instructed to open a different type of account because we are business owners right. and we could do that. And so that was great. And so anyway, find somebody that knows what they're doing and what they're talking about and take their advice with what That's to do great. with that money. Yeah. You don't have to know everything and you don't have to learn everything. But you should probably at least understand what you're doing, but find somebody who knows and just do what they say. Just follow. Yeah. That's the that's one of the whole points of this show is for that um, talking to people who know what they're doing in these areas of life so that you can get their yeah. insight. Yeah. yeah. I think that applies to almost everything. Yeah. Like not just money, but yeah, that's a great, that's a it's great. It's like you can, you can buy success. I mean, you can mm-hmm. find somebody who is successful in doing what you want to do and ask them, what would it cost for me to pick your brain for an hour? Wow. You know, and you can literally, people, most people are willing to share and they want to, they're kind of excited about telling you what they did and what success they had. Most people are willing. Yeah. I should have asked this um, to you guys at the very start of the round, but what, what, Ms. Tara, talk a little bit. I know that you have a business on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit about how that started and, and like what you do there? That was just back in 2008. I, started selling I had sold a book or two on Amazon before that and in 2008 I started selling a little more on eBay one Christmas and I worked like crazy for a few months and I made a hundred dollars at the end of it all oh wow (laughs) (laughs) and anyway it's just it's grown from there it's just yeah it was like a I don't know. And now you have, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take a, se- a couple seconds to brag on her and everything. Now you have like people with warehouses that store your stuff for you. And it's grown into this big, big, bigger type thing than, than what you would think of just a person working at home doing. Right, yeah. Is it? Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, the digital age where you can do that oh, yeah. because I mean, a while ago, you, if you wanted to make, if you want to do a business venture, it was like, you just had the. Um, uh, you were selling wholesale and re- or retail and all of that, and you just had to give people the products yeah. like face to face. And now it's the whole internet thing, and you can just make money online doing whatever you name it through ads or you know direct sales or whatever. 
So I just think that's amazing. I wanted to point that out. There's so many ways. And Mr. John, what do you, what, what was it, what is it that you do for, for your making money? I forgot to ask you that. I, I do two, two things. I, I'm the program manager for the after school programming at a school. And there are three, there are three different uh, buildings there, a high school, middle school, and a elementary school. And students have the opportunity to stay afterwards and really get some intense uh, tutoring yeah. with their, all the content and all their subjects and things of that nature. And then we always try to build in some type of positive youth development where yeah. they're doing activities that really help them grow socially and emotionally yeah. and build their character and, and, and build their self-confidence. Yeah. Uh, activities uh, like that, do loads of field trips and things yeah. that help support those students. And then also I'm a, a middle school assistant principal. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Um, I, I love what you set through in there about social and emotional learning. Um, because this past semester, I've really be for those of you who don't know, I'm training to be an early childhood um, teacher. And I've become more and more frustrated with the lack of important things that we're teaching them instead of, it seems like the education system is like zoomed in on academics. And we haven't really focused on what Mr. John just said, um, social and emotional learning, character development, this whole money conversation, that kind of thing, I feel like is, is, um, become less taught than, you know, science, math, history, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important. Um, what, what he just mentioned there is, um, the teaching children important things. Like we just talked about the, the retirement accounts that they can make, you know, and get, um, have that money protected from taxes we just talked about the all the financial wisdom that we can be teaching kids from a tiny age, like that um, verse in Proverbs twenty or twenty two says. Um, just all that stuff, I think, is really really great stuff to be teaching kids. But that's a little bit of a side note. Um, what's one financial tip that you guys would give more developed families that are, that are they're already kind of in the harvesting stage of life where they've gone through all the the different stages and they've they've done they've done they've jumped through the hoops and they put the the hours in and they're making money what's what's a tip that you would give them because you guys can still address those people um i I would say the first thing make sure you have a will okay and then yeah and then make sure you have uh, someone who care for your children if something were to happen to you right and then and then also life insurance yeah make sure you have life insurance uh make very very certain that all of your uh, belongings are in a trust so they wouldn't go through some form of a probate court uh, when you pass and and that, that way it would pass tax-free yeah. so th- those are uh, estate planning you know things you could talk to different people about yeah I think that's very very important and then I think a, a big thing is don't the, the the word fixed income man that is a punch in the gut mm. who fixed it it's <laughs> a good question <laughs> right who fixed your income mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying and there would be somebody i'm not slapping anybody in the face here right there, there would right. definitely be people who are disabled or elderly people who yeah. can't it may be difficult for them to turn money that's right. what i'm talking about but if you say i'm limited by my income to me that's an insult to god who made you who created right. the universe in mm-hmm. the yeah. span of his hand yeah you know, don't and he has it. good things for you. That's right. right. And yeah. and don't don't start coasting because you're forty or fifty. If there there may be avenues or ideas, just like just like if you're a teacher, and you wouldn't have to be limited to a classroom. Right. Maybe you do teach in a right. classroom, but there'll be other avenues. You share what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. 
that's really good. Miss Tara, what about you? What's one thing that you would tell um, more advanced financially like families? I would just say um, very rarely would your income exceed your personal development. Mm-hmm. You so know? you mean like constantly be grow in yeah. order to yeah constantly be growing yourself yeah. as a person and your your you and that can you know change your income in my opinion. wow that's good so you're saying um, raising the ceiling of like your character is what is another thing that helps you make more money yeah and just yeah. your you know. Personal development, your everything, your, yeah. your people skills, your character, your whatever, your, yeah. your how you're going to face today, what, how you face challenges, what, how you keep your commitments, what do you, all that. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's really good. Um, what are some, I know you guys have talked multiple times about the Dave Ramsey courses and his book. Um, what are some financial resources that you would get, books, um, uh, curriculum, that kind of thing. What are some financial resources that you would give Um newlyweds couples and, and and families that'll pretty much do it really I they mean, have, it covers the whole yeah that's a one stop shop no doubt yeah. okay and they have a and and there's a wonderful um, high school curriculum mm-hmm. that I'd recommend every high schooler in America have access to and and that is a, a just basically financial peace university for high schoolers financial peace university and that's by dave dave ramsey yes. okay yeah, yeah that is definitely a one stop shop Okay. And because he not only talks about how to get out of debt, how to, how to create a budget, but also investing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole new world that I haven't actually entered yet. And I know when you were talking about earlier the wills and stuff, I'm not, I haven't, I'm, I'm so young. I haven't even started thinking about that yet. But man, you guys have hit so much stuff today that I've just, I don't know. That's, I'm, I haven't even uh, come up to that level of the ocean yet. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was, that, that was really good. Um, if you had to give a rundown of your entire um, financial way of thinking and, and your entire financial approach, your philosophy, what, how would you describe it in just a few words? Mr. John, you know. I'd say my, the first one would be is I, I, you have to kill status. Mm-hmm. And, and status says I've got to do something that someone else will think is cool. Wow. wow. I've got to have something or be something that somebody else will think, oh, that's really neat. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's I, I say this jokingly, but people will comment on something I'm doing or talking about or whatever, and then they'll disagree with it. And I thought, I said, I will say, oh, I thought that was really cool till you said I wasn't supposed to think it was cool. And then that changed my <laughs> mind. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And so, and so think for yourself. Yeah. There may be things you enjoy that you'd be content with. And people trying to say, no, you can't be content unless you have a new car, unless you have a big house, right. unless you have a college degree, unless you have those shoes. And like, no, no, joy yeah. comes from God. Peace comes from the Prince of Peace. It doesn't right. come from any other place. And having some stuff or ga- gathering some material thing, that's no, that's mm-hmm. not true peace. Yeah, absolutely. That's that was really good. That was great. Uh, Miss Sarah, how well, how would you describe your financial approach, your your financial philosophy approach, whatever what you want to call it? I know you're sick of hearing it, but it's Dave nope. Ramsey. Debt is dumb. Cash is king, and the paid off home mortgage is the status symbol of choice. There you go. That was great, man. She had a prepared answer for that one. Oh my gosh, that's great. 
Debt is dumb. That's cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage is the what has of choice. replaced the BMW as the status symbol of choice. Sorry. Has replaced the BMW <laughs> as the status symbol of choice. Wow, that's great. Um, man, what's one thought? Um, we've talked about a lot of stuff today. We've covered um financial advice when you're you're just starting out, when you're in the middle, when you're at the end um of life, kind of all the areas. What's one thing? What's one thought that you would leave with anybody listening today, whatever season they're in? What's one financial um, nugget of wisdom that you would leave with them? I would would say that if you feel like there's no way out, my heart cannot go in that direction anymore. I'm too far down. That is an absolute lie. Because the one who made your heart can give you a new desire for your heart. And Mm -hmm. so I would say hope. If you feel like there's there's no way we're going to survive financially, everything is crashing down, I'm going to lose everything, I just ask that, you know, really encourage you just to let hope from God to come into your heart. Yeah. Give, give hope a chance. Yeah. That's great. Miss Tara, what about you? What's one thought you would leave with people, with people listening, whatever season they're in financially? Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. There's no... When the student is willing, the teacher will appear. Yeah. Well, when you make the commitment, the way will appear. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Totally Man, that. That's, that was a bomb. That's so good. Just be, be right there, uh, available, um, and then that opportunity is going to... Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I know that was definitely the story with um, my mentoring. I needed something. And immediately I had people right there ready to, um, and some of those were you guys. So yeah, thank you um, personally for that. And also thank you for um, coming today and sharing all of the the wisdom that you guys have. Um, I think very few people, regardless of how much money or how little money they have, know financial advice as well as you guys. I think you guys have a real gifting, not just because of what you've been through, but just the way you communicate it and all that you've read and um i think you guys can really share a lot here so thank you guys so much for thank you. yeah absolutely yeah, the trade's been ours trust me oh good. i i don't know about that <laughs> i think it's been all ours trust me oh, okay i appreciate it and um just um i know is it was it it's recording podcast is a whole new world for me and it, it takes time that you have to set apart so thank you guys for doing that um for all of you guys listening remember you can follow the restoring rapport page on instagram now You can um, support this podcast and become a supporter through Anchor. Um, You can donate $0.99, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Um, Every listen that I get helps me. Remember to rate and review. That's how um, more people find this show. The more ratings and reviews I get, the more it pushes my podcast to the top of the, the Apple algorithm or whatever. So thank you guys so much for listening and giving me your support. Um, Thank you for choosing this podcast and I will talk to you next time on the Restoring Report podcast.